Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to this Textile Talk podcast. I'm Gail Cowley and I'll be your host today. Joining me for this episode is Zoe Ingram, who is a freelance artist, designer and illustrator based in Edinburgh, Scotland. To give you some background to Zoe before we begin our conversation, she has an honours degree in industrial design for textiles, and that's with a print specialism, and enjoys a career in graphic design and the creative arts, spanning over 20 years. Zoe now focuses on illustration commissions and personal work. She loves travelling, trying new foods, and enjoys lifting weights in the gym. In her work, nature is Zoe's main source of inspiration, and she uses a range of techniques in her work, both traditional and digital. Represented by her US agent, Lilla Rogers Studio, Zoe has happily been with the agency since 2013, when she won representation with her agent in a global competition. You'll find Zoe's work on fabric, stationery, greeting cards, magazines, books and home decor products. Zoe is also the author of Oh My Gouache and Drawing for the Soul, both of which are published by David and Charles. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, Zoe. It's it's lovely to be able to chat with you. Could I start off by um, asking you to tell us a little bit about your career journey? Um, I know that you started off with an honours degree in industrial design for textiles, but if you could tell us a little bit about how things progressed from there, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I studied in Galashiels, um, and I've I finished up in 1997, I think it was. Um, at the time, it was kind of like, you know, there was no internet <laughs> at that time. So yeah. finding jobs uh, in that industry was, was quite tricky. Um, and so after, at the end of my fourth year, we went to um, New Designers in London. Um, mm-hmm. And I was picked up by an agent there who were based in Switzerland. And so they would send out briefs to me, um, sort of like trend uh, boards and stuff like that. And I would would work on them at home. I was had a home studio, so I was working at home. And then I would <laughs> mail everything off in the post. Um, to Switzerland? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it was... Um, it was really tricky. It was really, really difficult to get that feedback uh, quite quickly. Um, and mm. I was working in my, I was basically working in my bedroom at the time because I was still living at home, having just finished college. So I did that for about six months and it, it was just really tedious. Um, and so I decided that it wasn't for me at that time. Mm. Um, so I ended up working in retail after that for about, oh, must have been about two years, two or three years. And I kind of knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do either. Um, mm. 
but it was it was a way for me to earn a little bit of an income um yeah and the only other options were to to move abroad at that time or london and i really didn't want to live in london so yeah it was it was retail for me which was great actually it was it was quite nice to to do that for a little while but after you know a couple of years i got sort of um a little bit tired of it shall we say um and i mm-hmm. wanted i wanted more i wanted to do something that i had trained to do um something a bit more creative so because i knew that there weren't that many textile design jobs in scotland at, at that time right maybe there was and i just didn't really know where to look i thought that diversifying a little bit might be the way to go so I took it upon myself to go to night classes to do to learn photoshop which I hadn't you know I had didn't really have any sort of computer skills at all um it was all brand new to me um I bought myself a little iMac one of the original blueberry iMacs oh yes which I was, remember <laughs> yeah and it was terrible it was it was mm-hmm. so bad thinking about it now but yeah I did that and I, I just practiced um all that kind of stuff photoshop and illustrator I think it was called freehand at the time and I managed to get a hold of some software to put onto my own Mac to practice and I actually loved it um I loved I loved the whole digital part of it so I decided that I would be in every design agency in Edinburgh that I could think of or that I could find um, to see if there were any openings there. And luckily, I got an opportunity at a company called Taburn, um, mm-hmm. who are based in Edinburgh. And they do advertising. And they had at the time, they had different sort of branches to their business. Um, so... I was working with the corporate team doing a lot of annual reports and financial uh, brochures and stuff like that. But I started as a junior um, and I kind of learned the ropes that way, which was great. I lo- absolutely loved it there. And the, the, the team that I was working with um, at that time were, were great and I learned so much from them um, that yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't have learned, you know, on my own. It, 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 being yeah. in that situation was uh, really good learning. Uh, Makes experience. a difference, doesn't it? Who you work oh, yeah. with, it does make a difference. Absolutely. So, yeah, and so I did that for, I think I started there in 99. And then I, I moved within the company, I moved to the web team, um, which was very new as well. It was a new department. So I started sort of learning the ways of the web. Yeah, um, yeah. And sort of doing that. And at that time as well, it was because it was all quite new. It was um, designing the, the graphics and and doing the back end stuff and, you know, everything else in between. <laughs> um, and nowadays... They have specialist teams to do certain parts of you know any web application or whatever yeah mm-hmm. um so i did get a quite a, a a range of skills i would say they are yes um, I'm sure. yeah and then so i did that for a few years and then i moved to a different company and i was there for six years and then uh, myself and my family 
we moved to Australia in 2009. So I'd, I'd had two children by this point um, as well. So when mm. we left in 2009, my youngest was just a baby. So I was kind of like still on maternity leave. Was that intended to be a, a permanent move or, or, or something temporary? Um, I think we didn't really know. We, we sort of decided that we wanted to do it. And then we sort of said to, to each other, if you know, if it doesn't work out in five years, we'll come back. Mm. Um, but it kind of did. It, you know, it was it was it was good. Um, and we were there for, I think, nine years I was there. Um, right so yeah and so after the first couple of years I I got a little job over there working doing more web design mm-hmm. um and I was made redundant from that job uh, about a year after I started um and then I started working for just casually for another company um so I was working at home a lot and it was again more web, more web stuff. Um, and then, in around, I think it was twenty twelve, no twenty thirteen, it was. I think mm-hmm. um, I came across Lilla Rogers, um, who is my agent now. Um, she's an illustration uh, agent in America. Yeah. And she was running a competition to recruit her next artist basically oh, that um, sounds exciting yeah so she um i think in the past she, she'd sort of she was getting submissions from people all the time and it was really difficult to sift through them all and mm. you know pick people out so i think her her idea was that she she was running courses at the same time um and she was basically talent spotting i think Mm. you know to see who who her who her next artist would be and I just saw that as an opportunity to a learn and b it might it might just happen you know I might just get that that representation so and I kind of I was getting to the point where I kind of like really missed the creative side of my creative side basically web design was good but the creativity wasn't yeah. always there um I, I imagine that you you're very much oh dictated perhaps isn't the right word but that that the requirements are very much the clients aren't they then exactly. not as creative yeah yeah and the briefs are a lot tighter and more maybe more corporate and rigid um, mm. and less you, you put less of yourself into it it's more you know with illustration it's more about um, your unique style basically is what someone like a client would come to you for your style yeah um, and while that might be true for certain design agencies you know being a, a designer is in that agency is different I think um, you don't mm-hmm. always get to show off <clears throat> your creative flair <laughs> yeah yeah no so yeah so um yeah so I, I did the courses and entered the competition which was carried out over I think it was like three months or something mm-hmm. so there was three different rounds um 
of the competition. Um, and there was about 1,500 people had Oh my goodness. It. And wow, I that's... got to the final and I won. <gasps> she picked me. <laughs> wow. Oh, that must have been so oh, was... an amazing moment for you. It was amazing. It was it was very mm. um surreal and you know, I felt had that real sense of um imposter syndrome, you know, oh. Like, oh my god, did she pick the right person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it isn't it strange how we can't just accept that we're you know, know. that we have talent and we, we deserve to be there. It's I think it, it everyone's the same, but it's yeah. a strange human quirk, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's, to this day I still I still get those feelings sometimes. But um yeah, so that was me, and so that was towards the end of 2013, and from there, I'm still with the agency, so I've been there just over 10 years now, and uh, I was basically just flung into the world of commissions and licensing and mm. um, working for different clients, and it's been it's been a ride it's been great so I'm far sure. um, I'm sure. I mean just looking at the list of clients on your website you've worked for some amazing I mean I'm just picking out a couple here Ikea David yeah. and Charles the book people yeah um, Penguin Harper Collins uh, there's yeah. just set a hallmark there's just so many isn't there yeah I, I think um you know Lilla Rogers does have a good uh reputation and a lot of big publishers and and clients go to her for because they know that they're going to get good artwork and that's and, not to say that there's not other good agents out there but you know i think she has a sort of she's very well known yes. in the industry um and has a really good good connections with um a lot of clients so how, how, do, how yeah. does it work Zoe um how, I mean if you get a commission um from say just just randomly uh, you know a book publisher yeah. um how pres how prescriptive is it are you do you have a lot of your own input or uh, I just wondered how it worked um it varies um it does vary a lot depending on the publisher and maybe the author as well. And, mm. you know, for example, at the moment I'm working on a couple of books and one of them I have pretty much free reign and the other one is is a lot more direct directed, I would say. Yeah. Um, they know exactly what they want and um, it, it depends really on the job. Yeah. Which which do you prefer? Do you prefer to have more direction or to be left more to your own devices? Um, I think I think if the the concept is strong, like the initial, like the manuscript is strong, and I get a real good feel for it, I'm quite happy to come up with things on my own. Mm -hmm. But if it's not as clear it helps to have a good clear brief on on exactly what they want yeah. to be in certain places throughout the book and yeah it's it just depends it's um yeah on on, on whether on a, a picture book at the moment and so i'm kind of like just doing it's all coming out of just from me 
but the story is very strong and all the information that I need is in the story. So your first action is obviously to read the book. Yeah, um, yeah, you have to you have to know about the what you're what you're actually going to be illustrating. Um, yeah. So it does help to read read through and make notes and highlight anything that jumps out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you are sort of left to come up with ideas on your own, it's it is helpful to go through the manuscript and highlight certain words or certain objects that you know if there's objects or yeah mm-hmm. animals or whatever it is um so yeah i mean i, I know that that you do um quite a bit of mixing um mixed media and digital applications mm-hmm. how do, how does that work in practice how do you sort of go about bringing the two together um so more recently I've been doing a lot more work on my iPad and that is great from the point of view that it's it's quicker. Mm-hmm. It allows me to experiment more and yeah, I can take sort of like I don't know, maybe sort of textures that I've hand painted or hand drawn scan them and take them onto my iPad and use them as textures or you know I can do certain elements with paint scan it and take it into the iPad and combine the two that way and um, mm-hmm. that's usually how I do it these days and um, before when I first started I would do a lot of um, uh, I would use a lot of line drawings like with fine liner pens mm-hmm. And then they would be scanned and converted into vectors on an illustrator. Mm. Um, so it, it really just depends. Um, and sometimes I'll take stuff that I've done on my iPad and take it into Photoshop and, you know, create patterns or whatever that way. Um, so it, it just depends. But the scope is there to really play with um, both mixed media you know like digital and traditional do you have a particular program that you use on your ipad or yeah i use procreate and affinity uh, sometimes as well i've actually just started using affinity designer Mm -hmm. and that's quite new to me so it's quite good for patterns and stuff like that so Hmm. I suppose it must be very um, portable as well if you're working on an iPad. It is, yeah, it's, it's good. It's um, I can take it with me if I'm going away anywhere or, um, you know, if I just want to sit downstairs and watch a movie, hmm. I can, I can just, you know, stick a movie on and sit and draw or... That's a nice yeah. way to work, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Hmm. Sometimes I don't want to be stuck in in my little office. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Do Do you ever take that take your work outside? Not, not really outdoors. No, um, mm. but sometimes I just go to a cafe and sit and have a coffee. Because sometimes I get if I'm feeling a bit procrastinating, like if I'm finding a bit of a resistance to getting started on something, I'll sometimes go out to a cafe and that really gets me started 
because I'm there and I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm here having a coffee, I'm, I might as well just do something, you know. Mm. Um, so, but going outside with the iPads is difficult because the light. Oh yeah. Um, Mm. It, you can't really see the details properly mm. on the screen so do you find yourself attracting crowds when you're out working drawing or no no <laughs> no I don't think anyone really knows who I am <laughs> no, no I just thought sometimes people are very interested in seeing someone else and doing drawing. something artistic yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I've never really been that bothered by anyone. They just sort of leave me to it. And um, mind you, I'm usually sort of hiding away in a little corner somewhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's in the back of your mind, someone might see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to be, you know, if I'm working on client work, I have to watch that I'm not sort of displaying it in front of people when it's not supposed to be you know seen until it's published I see so there's a sort of um a secretive aspect to it really in that you can't talk yeah. about it until it's actually been yeah in most cases that's that's true yeah yeah mm. what sort of mediums do you prefer best so I like Traditional mediums, I like ink. I like using acrylic inks and gouache. But I do like, I have a ton of different stuff. Um, I've got like markers and pencils. I like using pencils for details at the end. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I like using inks for painting and also for doing lettering or, you know, with a nib pen. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also just for doing like line drawings because it's really quite free, quite mm. a free line. It's nice. Um, and then gouache for if I'm doing painting animals or something. Yeah. And those lines. I, I can see there's obviously a huge uh, mixture in, in, in styles as well within your work. Yeah. Um, do you, is that in response to a brief or you, do you just enjoy varying up the style that you use? I enjoy varying it. Um, I know a lot of people and a lot of illustrators really work on honing their style and they get it so perfect and, and recognisable that that's their style and I, I totally get that. But I like to just do whatever feels right for the job or for what the vision that I've got in my head I like to kind of adapt a little bit I don't like to pigeonhole myself I guess yes. mm -hmm. um, into one sort of certain style although people do say that they can see the common style throughout my work even if it's slightly you know different that they can still see that it's, it's my hand that's done a certain mm -hmm. piece or whatever I know that you um design for textiles as well don't you yes I do I mean that's that's really how I started off um doing repeat I, patterns and stuff yeah. for 
footprint. Um, I just wondered if there was a if there were more considerations with designing for textile than there are, for example, for doing a book illustration. You know, certain uh, criteria that you have to work to. Um, I mean, a lot of the, the textile stuff that I do is purely for myself, and I, I sell a lot of stuff on Spoonflower um, mm -hmm. in that sense. And um, so when I'm designing a pattern for textiles, I tend to, I think it's a, a, always a good practice that if you're working on a certain theme to have as many different like drawings or paintings that you can pull from to put into one print. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you could do it, like say it's a theme on woodland animals. If you have like just a rabbit and a flower, it could make a nice pattern. But if you have more icons or elements, it makes for a much more interesting mm -hmm. pattern. And you can do a lot more with it. And it also allows you to work on sort of coordinates that might go with that as well. So I would say that actually in some of my books as well, that I do approach them that way, where maybe the end papers of a book have a pattern on them. So I'll, I'll think about that in the same way. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work that I do involves painting or drawing certain elements, like individually, rather than full scenes. Or um, so, for for example, the the my first book of um, birds or my first book of farm animals that I do um, with Walker Books. There's a lot of different um, elements throughout the book. And the end papers are all sort of like patterned with everything. Basically. Yeah, so it's sort of brought all the elements together in together. one place. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, often I know a lot of our our followers will um, perhaps be into patchwork, um, patchwork and quilting. Mm -hmm. So they'll be quite they'll be used to the concept of perhaps having a couple of larger designs some smaller designs that would you know act as perhaps as borders or is is that the way that you would think about designing for textiles you know larger and smaller prints yeah um i think if it was doing a collection with a fabric company yes i think that's definitely the way that it goes but with spoonflower it's a little bit less not rigid but it, you can basically do whatever you want. Oh, right. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have to create a full collection with two main prints and four coordinates or whatever. I could just do like one main print for spoon flower. And if I felt like it, maybe do one or two coordinates or none at all. And right. it all just depends on, on what the um, what I feel like doing, I guess. Yeah, that, well, that's um, nice, isn't it? Yes, yeah, to work it, like that is lovely. It is, yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of the time, yes, quilters do look for coordinates and um, so that that is definitely always in my mind but sometimes it's quite nice just to do you know just one hero print um, one design 
And do you have any particular area or products that you enjoy designing for above others? I really like, I, I've done a couple of um, collections for home decor uh, with a company um, in America. Mm -hmm. And I really love doing that because it all stems, it, it's, it's actually kind of similar to designing for a printed textile. So same sort of process, you would get all your different, you know, you're designing a, a theme um, mm -hmm. basically and you're, say it's birds, winter birds or something, you know, so do maybe like five or six different birds and some winter foliage, um, some berries, hmm. uh, all that kind of thing and put it all together and come up with some ideas for products as well. And this is all this is all kind of new to me from doing the courses with Lilla Rogers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really love doing that. But I, I really love doing books as well for kids. Yeah, so it's, it's particularly children's books. I suppose there's more illustration in them, isn't there, thinking about it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're usually non-fiction mm -hmm. as well, the books that I do. So more factual type books um, and for less of the storybook, um, picture book for me, yeah. So, for example, something like a children's encyclopedia or? Yeah, something like that. Mm. That would be an excellent job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there'd be plenty in it. Universe. It, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, yes. I can't I can't really see what I'm working on at the moment I don't think mm -hmm. but that's the kind of thing that I'm doing right now is sort of oh great. it's all very factual and um but fun as well you know it's it's quite fun mm -hmm. for kids so then the, the the style I suppose has to change for that because if it's it has to be I presume quite precise yeah I mean some some of them are like the illustrations to be a bit more realistic and some are open to them being a little bit freer and um, with a bit more quirk so it, again it just depends on the job really and what they're looking for I mean I, I know that our our students and followers they often think of drawing and design as a bit of a black art <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think that they often believe that it's um a gift that you're born with rather than one that you can develop by working at it. Yeah. Um, I wonder which view you subscribe to. I mean, I can understand why people think that way, but I don't believe that that's true at all. I think it's, I think it all comes from if you have that urge to want to draw in the first place and then it's really, it really is just about practice. You know, I've been doing this for 10 years now and I, my, my style has kind of changed and evolved over the years and it wouldn't have done if I didn't put in the hours, you know, and just, um, it's, it really is just about practice. And I think that anybody could draw. And people, a lot of times people think of drawing as being very realistic or photorealistic. And if they can't do that, then they can't draw. Mm. 
but I think that if you can hold a pencil and put it on a piece of paper and make some marks, then you're drawing. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's a drawing. I think there's... I think um, people often get very discouraged, don't they? Because they, they yes. try and it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, look doesn't like come anything. Out. Yeah, it doesn't come out how they envisage it first. First of all, and so that frustration is there, and it it kind of like people. I think people maybe just expect it to be that perfect drawing straight away. But a lot of the times you have to refine and and come at it a different from a different angle. Or you know, when you see some illustrators doing character development for books they're they're doing sketch after sketch after sketch after sketch to get it just right mm. and that that frustration is definitely there and it, I think the the people who eventually are seen to be good at drawing are the ones who stick at it and yeah. just keep going mm. and practice um, and you know I'm by no means am I like perfect drawer but I think I think most people would think you were. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, I mean, I mean, I look at people who um, draw, you know, super photorealistic stuff, and I'm thinking, how on earth do they do that? Mm. And it looks like it takes hours and hours and hours as well to do one drawing. I, I always think when I look at that that. If you wanted, as a as a client, I suppose, if you wanted something that was so much like a photograph, wouldn't you mm. just take a photograph? Surely, part of the the reason for drawing and and design is that you are inputting some of your own individual style mm -hmm. into it. Yeah, I think I think with illustration, that's definitely um, the thing. But then, you know, some people appreciate the the time that it takes to do one of these photorealistic drawings and just the the patience and the skill to get all the, the tonal values correct and you know there's a whole there's a whole it's just different I think it's just different from illustration in that sense that, you know with illustration you've, you have got your recognizable style and that's why people come to you for mm. for work yeah do you do you have any advice that you could give to someone um wishing to improve their drawing and design skills what would be you know the thing that if someone really wanted to work at it that they could most usefully do really it's just practice um sketchbooks just you know use sketchbooks because they're not quite so it's not so scary. It's like, you know, when you've got a blank page with beautiful paper in front of you, you're, you don't want to put the pencil on the page because what you if don't you want to spoil it. Up? Yeah. <laughs> so sketchbooks are great. Drawing just anything and everything that you can see just to practice and get better, improving your style, I guess. Um, if you know that, I mean, we've I know we've just sort of um, talked about the fact that it's very easy to kind of look at what you've just done, particularly as a beginner, and um, want to give up because it's not what you hoped it might be. Is that? Is that? Do you have any words of wisdom that might keep people 
on with trying and because as you say it's something they have to go back to in a sketchbook and that 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 does mean them practicing over quite a long period is there any anything that that can keep them going during that time if they're not happy with what they're producing maybe i don't know maybe getting some feedback from from someone mm -hmm. i guess it depends on what level person is you know if you're at school and you can get feedback from a, a teacher or a lecturer mm -hmm. um or peers as well you know sometimes it's it's good to look at um your fellow students and ask them for feedback mm -hmm. yeah it's really, that's a really difficult question actually. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um i've spoken to a lot of students of mine that have been put off drawing or, or any art actually quite early on i think somebody has perhaps been a little bit cruel about uh, one yeah. of their early pieces and they just then get it into their mind that they can't draw or that, that mm -hmm. they, they can't do it and I think that's actually quite difficult to overcome. It is I, I think that's where a lot of people will stop and, and sometimes that happens from a very young age as well I think and that's why people have this this concept that they can't draw and um, because somebody said something to them or laughed at their drawing or, you know, whatever mm. made them feel bad about what they'd done, even if they initially thought it was good, you know, and I think you have to just trust yourself and trust your, trust your judgment and don't listen to anybody else unless <laughs> it's someone who knows what they're talking about, you know, mm. um, and usually the people who know what they're talking about will deliver feedback in a more positive and constructive way, I think. Mm. Um, so that is difficult to um, overcome, definitely. It is. And and you're, you're right, I think it does often happen at a very early age. Yeah. Um, I remember one student telling me uh, what I thought was a horrendous story, really, about... She was in, in primary school and they'd been drawing in, in class and the teacher had taken one look at hers and told her to go and stand in the waste paper basket because she was rubbish. <gasps> I, was, I, ha I hasten to add that it was a, an older person and it was quite a while ago. Hopefully that yeah. wouldn't happen today, but it does. it's sort of quite an extreme it's example. Yeah, yeah. People can be put off. Oh. I would have been put off if somebody had done that yeah, to I think me. I would. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, I can remember when I was very young, you know, even things like with a colouring book, when I managed to draw within the lines without, you know, how when, when you're very, very young, you don't have that control, so you do tend mm. to go outside the lines and stuff. And I can remember being so proud of myself that I'd managed to, to get the pen just in the designated space that it was mm. supposed to be in. Um, I can also remember another time where I spent, I don't know, weeks, months drawing on sheet after sheet after sheet of paper, these uh, little very 80s uh, inspired 
fashion design drawings and so they were very sort of like angular triangular bodies and mm. faces and I just thought they were like the bee's knees you know <laughs> um, but and nobody told me any different that was the thing nobody said that's terrible or you know what are you doing that mm. looks silly or so I never ever got that kind of um discouragement understand somebody has had that happen to them that 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 would be quite detrimental to their confidence I think it's something we I don't know why this is but I think as individuals we tend to take it quite personally with with drawing or design in a way yeah. that perhaps we wouldn't if if someone said well your patchwork's not very neat is it <laughs> go back yeah. and try and try a, a different joining method or whatever we just mm -hmm. accept that um yeah but it, somehow drawing's personal it feels more personal almost like an attack on on you as an individual yeah i think it's because it's like it's like you've done your best yeah and there's really not more that you could have done Mm. And so when someone criticizes it, then it's it's kind of like it is a bit more personal because you've given it your all. And yes, that's mm. rough. Um, At the, the beginning of the, the, the um, episode, you talked about um, using Photoshop and that sort of thing. Uh, there's some of the different programs that have come along. And I know um, many of our students have the the thought that if they could use those, they wouldn't need to draw. I, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, I know there are a lot of working illustrators today who only use digital media. Like, they don't use their hands. Like, they don't use traditional media at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it can be done. I think the danger with it is that a lot of it can start to look seamy. Yeah, I think having that skill of being able to produce something with traditional media is very beneficial. So, so you would you would sort of look on it perhaps as the basics are needed there for you to, you as an artist to be able to produce something, but you can hone that within some of the yeah. programs. Yeah, I think having that basic foundation is definitely a good thing to have um, mm. because even if you do decide to do just digital, solely digital work, you still got that that basic foundation and you're not relying as heavily on the tools within the app or the software to mm. produce the shapes that you need or whatever you know if you're if you're using still using your hand to draw on the app you know more sort of organic shapes rather than sort of very geometric shapes then yeah it's definitely I think I think it's definitely a good thing to have mm. that skill I suppose all of the um the, the various apps have cut out quite a few processes, haven't they? Whereas perhaps in years gone by, you would have had to have sort of copied the same thing over and over or enlarged things, and that would have been done by hand. Mm -hmm. Now we can copy and paste, change colours easily, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, digital uh, tools are amazing. Um, mm. And they, they are a big time saver. It's a big time saver for me sometimes if I'm, you know, if I've got a tight deadline mm. um, and the client wants 20 illustrations by X date and I know that I can only do 10 in that time traditionally because you've got to wait for paint to dry and you've got to, you know, it just takes a lot longer. And also, you know, if you make a mistake with traditional media, it's harder to correct. Whereas with digital, the process from start to finish is, is so much more streamlined, quicker. If, if you're working on a, a job like that has a deadline like that, it's, it's a godsend sometimes. I know that you've done... Um certainly one book um, on drawing for the soul uh, mm. where you sort of take people uh, well, beginners through simple drawings I, yeah. I think really with the the thought of would you call it mindfulness I, I'm, I'm not sure yeah it's it's really um drawing for the soul is is basically for anyone who just wants to slow down a bit and and use drawing as a tool for meditation or you know just to have some time just to yourself just to relax and just enjoy the act the act of drawing it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be you know this masterpiece it can be just something really repetitive or simple or you can use your left hand so that you take that that sort of idea of perfection out of the equation altogether. You know, I mean, mm. that's if you're right-handed, I'm, I'm saying yes, that. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's um, projects within that book that I think are really good for just switching off and finding mm. that sort of little flow moment that you can just, you know, be... In the, in the zone and mm. and it, it's a nice way of getting people started isn't it you know hopefully putting their feet on that path yes definitely it's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of exercises in there that you can do that that kind of just hopefully eases someone who's new to to drawing into it mm -hmm. in a gentle way it's so, Zoe, what, what's what's next for you? I know that you can't talk about specific projects, but do you have any more um, of your own books in the pipeline? Or, um, yeah, I'm. So I'm working on. I think I'm doing four books at the moment. Oh gosh, <laughs> do you like? <laughs> do you like having a few on the go at once? Or? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's just kind of happened like that they were all they're all sort of staggered and they had a little a little bit of an overlap but they mm. all seem to have just with the timelines they all seem to be all at once now um so that's a bit stressful but um yeah and I've got another book uh starting another book later in the year but as far as personal work goes I've got I've got a project in mind <laughs> that ah. I want to tackle <laughs> but um it's quite big and I think I'm just going to chip away at it over the next year I think it's going to take mm -hmm. me a while to do it but um 
I don't really want to say too much about it at the moment because I don't yeah. know if it's going to come to fruition. But right. I would like to get to a point where I could pitch it to publisher. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's what I'll say. On that. <laughs> do you when you do that? If you sort of originate something for yourself and pitch it as opposed to being commissioned, what do you what do you have to give them? I mean, do you have to give them? a few pages or how does that work that process well i haven't actually done it before to be honest oh, okay um, <laughs> so this is my first time so i think but i kind of have an idea of um you know what i would need to present and so i would i would have the concepts uh, laid out in words and also visuals so i'm kind of working on stuff at the moment the visuals visual part of it and so hopefully I would have if not all of it done but some of it and mm. then work on the rest once a deal has been negotiated or whatever yeah, yeah. I, sh I should think it's it, you almost want to know don't you that somebody is going to pick up on it because otherwise it, it sounds as though it would be a lot of work to just yeah it would be a lot of work but I, I would still do it I think mm -hmm. because I think if a publisher doesn't pick it up then I would maybe think about doing it myself like publish right. it myself so well, you obviously yeah. know a lot a lot about the that industry and you know what will work and what won't so I can I could well understand that yeah I mean yeah, I know a little bit, but I think I would still have to do some uh, research and into how I would uh, get it printed and all that kind mm. of stuff. So, do you do you do um, do you ever do a, a a sort of gallery show, or is that not really your scene? I haven't ever done a gallery show, but it is on my bucket list. I really want to. Mm. Um, it's been a dream of mine for so long to have a studio where I can just, you know, fling some paint around proper on canvas and um, actual do actual paintings. Um, but I don't really have a space for that right now. But yeah, I would absolutely love to do that in the future. Um, and it's something that I'm, I'm thinking about more and more as the years go by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, on the bucket list for the future. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder, just as we're sort of coming towards the end of, of the podcast, is there anything that you uh, did? You have a funny story and, or an anecdote that you'd like to share with us? Oh. Um, I think people that sort of work with the public generally have something. <laughs> Um, you know, I've been racking my brain trying to think of something. Oh, I'm sorry. And Did I, I put I, you on the spot? <laughs> I really can't think of anything. Um, I mean, I guess probably the most awkward thing that's happened to me while I've been doing illustration is being on, like, uh, with my agent, um, she does a, a retreat every year um so when it was cool when it was like during covid we had it online and so she invites a lot of clients to come along and we do sort of like little short sort of chats with the clients basically and show them our work and stuff and during that time um 
it was my first ever time and, I, and it got to the point where we were, we were talking to all the different clients. I had a, a power cut, there was a power cut in, in my house. Oh. Mm. And so I just got cut off completely and I got back on again and then the same thing happened again and it happened, I think it happened about three times. Oh. And it's like, you know, of all the times that you could... Yeah. I <laughs> know, you know. It was, so it was kind of, that's kind of embarrassing, mm. but um, I think they understood that it was just one of those things. But um, Yeah. Zoom must have made such a difference to mm. um, to that whole, I suppose, can I call it a commissioning process? But, you know, people that that obviously want to commission you and and um, and yourself being able to get together and talk, that, that would have been almost impossible, wouldn't it, at one stage? Yeah, and to have so many people all at once as well, you know, because not like my agent's in, in America, in Boston, and she used mm. to have the retreats in person, so it wasn't always possible yeah. for people to get there physically. Um, just due to costs and time, mm. you know, they can't be away from their kids or whatever. Um, so having having that kind of thing online is is great. Yeah, I suppose even just having an agent in Boston, it must make a huge difference to the to your the closeness of your relationship with her. Yes, I mean it was it, when I was in Australia. It was it was obviously I was further away but now that I'm in back in Scotland it's real closer mm. and a little bit easier to get over there although I've still not been yet but um one day <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have have you found it since you've come back has it been like after nine years in Australia just the weather must have been a shock um do you know what I actually <laughs> don't mind the weather here <laughs> I, I quite enjoy the seasons the different seasons and it was so hot over there as well you know it was stiflingly hot sometimes so it was nice to come here and yeah be a little bit cooler and especially <laughs> at my age you know going through the the menopause and hot flushes and all that oh kind of stuff. yes I was actually talking to somebody the other day who's based in Australia and mm. she was telling me that she'd never seen snow. And yes. I, <laughs> yes. I'm sure you won't be able to say that, will you, in Scotland? Well, I've seen <laughs> snow, but my kids, like my youngest especially, <clears throat> had never seen snow. It snowed on the day that they were born ah. um, in, in February, but um, when we moved over there, uh, my youngest was only eight months, eight or nine months. So mm. when we moved back, it snowed for the first time on their birthday, oh. the first year that we were back. And it was just like... Must have been wonderful to see their faces. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It's so funny mm. to see mm. just the mesmerised looks of wonder. You know? Oh, I bet. Snows. Yeah. It's so good. Zoe, thank you so much for today it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and, and chatting and hearing obviously a lot more about you and your art and I, I'm I'm just and I know that the listeners will be um, really really pleased to hear it as well so thank you so much for for that well thank you for having me it's, it's great it's, to be here um, I'm so glad no, it's been a pleasure Thank you.